Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermon. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you here. If you're glad to be in the house of God, say, oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. All right, guys. Again, great to see you today. Um, For those of you who this is your first Sunday with us, my name is Tommy Falk, and I'm the worship pastor here. I serve alongside Pastor Quentin Self and Jen here at The Anchor. We are glad to have you with us in service today. And if this is not your first Sunday, it's good to have you here, too. All right. Yeah, you're glad to have yourself in service, too, right? Come on. Shout yourself happy. All right, good deal. I love you guys. So uh, this morning, I wanted to share this morning, kind of briefly just get into the Word, and I wanted to touch off of continuing in the same vein as Pastor Quentin's been talking for these last weeks about the love of God, the character of God. Um, For those of you who heard the message last week, talking about the miracle of unity, and if you did not, it's in the podcast. Be sure to go take a listen to it. Great message, and just the previous ones that have been speaking to that, the love of God, it's been such an amazing time. How many of you guys have really been enjoying what God has been speaking to us about walking in his love? Amen? Amen. If we walk with him, then we must walk like him. Amen? So this morning, uh, like I said, I just wanted to uh, continue in that same vein, talking about the character and the love of God. And what I want to do is I want to start reading out of the book of Philemon. This is a letter that Paul wrote to a man named Philemon. It's one of the shorter letters from Paul in the New Testament. And we're just going to jump right into it. Okay, I'm going to read the majority of it. You can follow along with me on the screen, starting in verse 1. This letter is from Paul, a prisoner, for preaching the good news about Christ Jesus and from our brother Timothy. I'm writing to Philemon, our beloved co-worker, and to our sister Aphia, and to our fellow soldier Archippus, and to the church that meets in your house. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. I always thank my God when I pray for you, Philemon, because I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people. And I'm praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. I love this right here, verse seven. Your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. How many of you would like that to be said of you? as a brother or sister in Christ, amen? You know, uh, one of the things that stuck out to me so much last week about PQ's message was just a simple reminder that, you know, um, for those of you that heard it, just because Jesus chose the 12 disciples, those three years didn't mean that they like joined hands and started skipping and do down the road and everything was perfect, right? And there was no problems. Can we agree uh, that, that it was not a perfect road, right? Obviously they followed a perfect savior, but it was not a perfect road for them. All right, there were conflicts, there were things. But you know, whenever we choose to walk in the love of God, this is the character right here that we can expect, the things to be said about us when we love, when we walk, when we're in unity. Your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. Lord, let it be so about us, amen? So let's keep on. Verse eight, that is why I'm boldly asking a favor of you. It kind of seems like a setup, but again, I said this in first service. I wasn't just sucking up to him to ask a favor. The point is, though, this is also the character of God. When we walk in the character, the love, the unity, 
One of the other things is that we can be counted on. Amen? Amen? But we can be counted on. Our God is dependable. He is steadfast. All right? So that's where Paul's coming from on this. That's why I'm boldly asking a favor of you. I could demand it in the name of Christ because it's the right thing for you to do. But because of our love, I prefer simply to ask you, Consider this as a request from me, Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner for the sake of Christ Jesus. I appeal to you to show kindness to my child, Onesimus. I became his father in the faith while here in prison. Onesimus hasn't been of much use to you in the past, but now he is very useful to both of us. I'm sending him back to you, and with him comes my own heart. I wanted to keep him here with me while I'm in these chains for preaching the good news, and he would have helped me on your behalf, but I didn't want to do anything without your consent. I wanted you to help because you were willing, not because you were forced. It seems you lost Onesimus for a little while so that you could have him back forever. He's no longer like a slave to you. He's more than a slave, for he is a beloved brother, especially to me. Now he will mean much more to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. Amen? Let's pray really quick. Lord, we thank you for your word that we've read this morning. Just now, Lord, the word we're going to continue to read. And Father, the worship that we had offered to you in this place as we sang just a moment ago, you are worthy, Lord. Be exalted, not only in the heavens, but right here on the earth. Be exalted, Lord, right in this room. Be exalted in the hearts of your children, your sons and your daughters, Lord, who love you. Be exalted, God. And as we walk together, just as Paul told Onesimus, if you consider me your partner, Lord, as we walk together in partnership, in koinonia, in fellowship, God, with you, that you would grow us, you would shape us, and you would make us more like you today, Jesus. In your name we pray. And everyone said... Amen. All right, so let's break it down really quick, what's going on there in verses 1 through 18. So Paul is in the process of restoring a relationship, okay, between his spiritual son Onesimus and Onesimus' former master, Philemon, who we see is also a beloved brother in the faith. Now, somewhere along the way in the past, Onesimus did something, and he broke away from the house of Philemon. Now, later on, Onesimus encounters Paul in prison, and through Paul's guidance and example, he becomes a believer in Christ himself. Now, what Paul is doing, having the brother in Christ, and not only that, considering him a spiritual son in Onesimus, and knowing of his connection to Philemon, what he is trying to do is he is trying to restore this relationship between brothers in Christ, okay? He says that he had once not been of very much use to you, but now I'm sending him back, not just mending the relationship that they once had, but actually as a fellow brother in Christ, as is right to do between brothers in Christ. Amen? Now, prior to this, what was going on between Onesimus and Philemon? It was a broken relationship. Now, as we've been covering the love of Christ, which is to work in and through our lives and our relationships, there's a facet of that that I want to touch on today. So last week, like we said before, we talked about the miracle of unity, how we certainly realized, we just said it, the disciples and others in those times didn't magically just all just get along, right, because they were walking with Christ. There were times of conflict. There were times of disagreement. And we were encouraged in that message to remember this truth. 
as we walk together to keep that unity, it takes love. And not just the love that we know is an earthly love, but the love of the Father. Amen? So in that life, in this life together, as we walk, like we just said, in unity with people, there will be times that we have relationships that break. Can I get an amen? Okay. Now, if we look at what a break, all right, simply put, what a break actually is, it is something that is whole, right? And somehow it finds parts of itself going in two different directions. You with me? Something that is whole and together and somehow finds parts of itself going in two different directions. And as the tension from that increases, if it's not released, eventually those two parts that are whole and together can no longer take the strain and they separate or they break, right? Now, one way that we can look at that is when a bone breaks in the body, okay? As Christ refers to us, we, look, we see throughout Scripture, he is referred to us as the body of Christ. So if we're the body of Christ, let's look at our own physical bodies for that example. How many of you guys in this room with a show of hands have ever broken a bone? All right. Was it a pleasant experience? Obviously, not good. Nothing nice about it, okay? But let's keep that in mind. Hold that thought there, those of you that have broken bones and those of you that have never broke a bone. But, you know, know that it's not a pleasant experience. Keep that thought in your head, and let's go back to relationships really quick, okay? Now, we can often find ourselves in relationship with someone, and for whatever reason, we find ourselves going in two different directions. Now, many times that results in a breaking of that relationship, Now, I'm going to say this. There are times when that is necessary. Let me say that again. There are times where it is necessary for a relationship to be broken out of our lives. Let's go back to what Paul said about Onesimus. In verse 11, he said, speaking of Onesimus, that he hasn't been of much use to you in the past. I don't think he was talking bad about Onesimus. He was like, man, that brother is useless. But now he's awesome. Okay, I don't think that's what he's saying. But what he was referring to is that there was a time where he may not have had as much use to you in the past. Okay, And with that thought in mind, we can arrive at places in relationships where we understand that a relationship has reached a place where it is no longer beneficial for us to remain in unity. Okay, Now, hear me. When I use that word beneficial, I'm not saying that we break something because we can no longer gain something out of that relationship. That's not what I'm saying at all. That's not the purpose of godly relationships. Amen? God's not about us getting together to see what we can get from one another or whatever. As a matter of fact, if you have a relationship in your life where you're not answering the phone call anymore because, oh my gosh, all they want is something, right? then that many times has reached a place where there may need to be a breaking of that relationship. We can say it this way. Whether it's money, whether it's this, whether it's that, there are times for those things to be broken out of our lives when the relationship reaches a place where it has ceased to be healthy. Does that make sense? Where it has ceased to be healthy. When that happens, many times those sorts of breaks are necessary. So let's go back to a bone breaking in our body, okay? When that happens, for those of you that raised your hands, was there really any confusion about what had just happened in your life? No. Man, I, man, I'm just curious about what's happening in my life today. No, in that moment, you knew exactly what had happened, right? There were pain receptors. Alarm bells were going off. You knew exactly what had happened, and you knew exactly what needed to be done, all right? So with that thought in mind, 
I want to go back to the end of the letter to Philemon, and he closes with some final greetings. Okay, let's look. Jump ahead, Philemon 23 through 25. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. So do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my co-workers. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Now, I'm going to on a tangent here, something I really felt was revealed to me yesterday as I was preparing these notes in this moment right here. How many of you guys have ever been on the phone with somebody and you got a group of people around you and that group finds out who you're on the phone with and then when you go to hang up, they're like, oh, tell them I said hey, tell them I said hey. How many of you guys have ever that happened to you? Okay. How many of you find it annoying? Sorry, we can be honest, right? It's annoying, right? Okay. Well, I'm here to tell you that you're in error. The Bible has just set a precedent right now. It's totally cool. Because if we'd be looking at this in today's thing, you can just see Philemon on the phone, like, you know, Paul and Philemon on the phone. You know, it's like, all right, man, look, I got to tell you all this stuff. And then, like, Aristarchus is in the back. Demas like, yo, tell Philemon I said, what's up, bro? Tell him I said, oh, okay, yeah, man. Demas said, hey, oh, what up, Mark? Anybody else? Anybody else before I hang up the phone? Uh, we good? All right, later, man. All right, absolutely. That's what I'm talking about. May the grace of the Lord and peace be with you, Jesus. All right, amen, brother. All right. That was for free. Okay, anyway, let's move on. So there's a person in those closing comments that Paul refers to, and his name is Demas. At the time of this letter, at the time of Philemon being written, he was one of Paul's co-workers, a solid relationship. Obviously, Paul's not going to be in relationship with somebody going to spread the gospel that he wasn't on solid footing with, right? But if we jump forward to the future a little bit, just a few years and another letter from Paul later, we would see that something has occurred. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 through 11. Timothy, please come as soon as you can. Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia. Titus has gone to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. So Demas mentioned in Philemon the closing comments, right? A trusted co-worker in Christ sends his greetings. For whatever reason, some years later, he chose to leave the things of Christ and turn back to the things of this life, or as some translations say, the things of the world, loving more the things of this world. And in doing so, he abandoned and he broke away from Paul. Now, he's never mentioned in Scripture again. This is an example of when that type of break is necessary. Here's a brother who has decided, I am no longer going to follow after the things of Christ. I, I love the things of the world more, and I'm going to follow those things. Well, at that point, we've reached a pass where we are going in two separate directions, and the break needs to happen. That is an example of when that needs to happen, okay? Now, there's another person mentioned also in the closing comments of Philemon that I want us to take a few minutes to look at. Going back to verse 24, he also mentions the name Mark. Mark, who is also mentioned as a fellow laborer with Demas, Paul and others in Philemon, actually came at that point in the letter to Philemon, he'd actually come from a different place relationally. So instead of moving forward in time, let's go back in time a little bit to the book of Acts chapter 15, verses 36 to 41. After some time, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit each city where we'd previously preached the word of the Lord to see how the new believers are doing. Barnabas agreed and wanted to take along John Mark. Now, John Mark, if you look throughout Scripture, John Mark and Mark, these are the same person, okay? But Paul disagreed strongly since John Mark had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in their work. 
Their disagreement was so sharp, Paul and Barnabas, that they separated. Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed for Cyprus. Paul chose Silas, and as he left, the believers entrusted him to the Lord's gracious care. Then he traveled throughout Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches there. So that's a little different place, right? That's how we're hearing about Mark in Acts, and all of a sudden in Philemon, he's a trusted brother. So what happened here, okay? Mark is not necessarily, okay, notice Scripture doesn't say that Mark had left the way of Christ like it did for Demas, but it does say that he was serving alongside Barnabas and Paul in their missionary work, and then for some reason, he decided to leave them and continue on. Theologians have their different thoughts on why this happened, why John Mark left them or whatever, but this is what we do know. Mark broke his relationship with Barnabas and Paul. Barnabas, who if you do your study, recognize that Barnabas was actually related to John Mark, okay? So Barnabas wanted to give Mark a second chance when they set off on another work, and Paul disagreed, and he was unwilling to due to Mark's previous actions. Paul and Barnabas' disagreement was so strong that it strained their relationship to the point of severing their ministry connection. Now, obviously, Barnabas and Paul didn't get so angry about it that they fell into this funky rut and walked away from Jesus. Did the ministry continue? Yes, obviously, they both paired up. They continued to go on in different directions and preach the good news. But what had happened was it strained their relationship, and they no longer had a ministry connection in the body of Christ. Okay? This leads to another dynamic that we can encounter as we endeavor to walk in unity, and that is strained relationships. Have you guys know what I'm talking about? We've talked about broken relationships, and now we're talking about a strained relationship, okay? Now, as I said earlier, in life, as we walk in unity with people, there will be times where relationships don't necessarily break, but they can become strained, all right? If we go back to the image of a broken bone or we take it back to the human body, what we see is that similar injuries can occur with the soft tissue that surrounds and connects our bones and our joints, okay? Now, we've all had, you know, probably a lot of us, you know, the hip bone connected to the whatever bone, right, okay? Now, we sing that song, and we know that is true, but obviously we realize that the hip bone ain't connected to this bone without muscles, ligaments, and tendons, Okay? Now, just like you can stress a bone to the point of breaking, that connective tissue that connects the bones and connects the joints can become stretched. It can become put pressure on. When tendons and ligaments or muscles are stressed from either a hard impact or like a break, intense stress and strain in a direction other than how they were intended to stretch, what happens is that connective tissue can become sprained, strained, torn or damaged, and this in turn, what it does is it not only weakens those connective tissue, but it weakens that joint that it is supposed to support. Everybody following me with our little biology lesson this morning, right? Stay with me, okay? How many of you have ever had an injury of this nature by a show of hands? All right? A number of you, okay, obviously. Now, okay, yeah, a muscle sprain, a muscle strain, a torn ligament, okay, et cetera, right? Now, here's another question. Okay, how many of you that it was severe enough to where you had to seek medical attention? Raise your hand. Okay, not as many, but still a bunch, okay? Look, I'm going to ask this question. During that time, 
How many of you who said yes to medical attention experienced a lot of problem solving and back and forth when trying to figure out what had happened to you and how to move forward? Raise your hands. Okay, right? So here's the interesting thing, okay? Because look, like we said before, when your bone breaks, there's no confusion. I got a bone broke. I got to put a cast on it. I got to get that thing set. I got to get it back. We got to get it healed, right? But whenever connective tissue is damaged, it's very difficult at times to determine the severity of the injury, okay? And so you have to go and figure it out. You have to go look through it, and you have to go see what's going on, and there's back and forth, and there's this uncertainty. In the same way, in Christ... As we endeavor to walk in the different relationships that God has placed in our lives, it is very important, guys, it is very important that we take care as to how we handle those strained relationships when they occur. The reason being is, that's why I brought up the thing about going back and forth, when a relationship is strained, you can find yourselves not knowing where you stand. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? When you've had those moments before where relationships and strains, something's happened. It didn't, it didn't quite create a break, but it created tension. It created funkiness. It created something. Something happened that put a stress or a strain or a tear on your relationship, and now you're going, I don't know where I stand with that person. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't know where we stand. Well, what happened? Well, you know, I mean, X, Y, Z happened, and well, how are they feeling about you now? I, 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 don't, I don't know. I think we're okay. I don't know. Might know what I'm talking about, right? Just like a strained or sprained soft tissue in the body, when the initial healing is happening, when that happens in our bodies, oftentimes, depending on the severity, the healing process and what is going on with the tissue, it's unstable, just like not knowing where we stand. Within muscle tissue, if you've ever looked at an illustration of a muscle fiber or, or seen an x-ray, you know that, look, in the fibers of our muscles and tendons, that kind of thing, there is a uniform flow, just like we said before. They're all going in the same direction, right? But when scar tissue begins to form on those stressed muscles, okay, and that soft tissue, when it begins to form, trying to heal, it can be quite jumbled, and it's not uniform, and it's not heading in the same direction as the surrounding tissue. Are you following me? As such, it is weakened, and if it's not taken care of, or if it's not seen too properly, if you don't go on the back and forth and work the problem and try to find healing there, if it's not taken care of properly, it can cause more damage, it can cause more pain, and it can even cause greater re-injury. We have to deal with it properly. The reason that we must seek proper healing, guys, hear this. The reason that we must seek proper healing in our relationships, as I mentioned before, because muscles and ligaments and tendons, what are they called again? They're called connective tissue. And in the body of Christ, if our enemy cannot break us, then he will seek to weaken the connective relationships in our lives because if he can do that, then he can weaken the body of Christ. Do we hear that this morning? 
That's the charge to take care. This is why it's important to walk in unity. This is why it's important to walk in Christ's love because this stuff is going to happen. And when it does happen, it's important that we take proper care with it. Think about it. Demas had a break from his walk with God and he went back to the world. That was a brother lost, and that is tragic, and we hate to see when that happens in our lives. But Paul knew exactly where he stood, right? He knew exactly where things were with him and Demas. There was no confusion, and he sent a letter and continued to ask for help, and he pressed on, right? But when it came time with him and Barnabas, right, to set off and continue to their work in the church and the issue with Mark, there was a time where they were not going in the same direction, okay? Now, it wasn't enough when the strain happened. It wasn't obviously completely enough for them to walk away from their faith, okay? As I said before, they continued. But their effectiveness together was weakened. And to the best of our knowledge in the word, guys, they did not pursue proper healing for their relationship. Now, look, as I said before, did ministry continue? Yes, Okay, obviously there was great ministry that continued. Yes, it did. But all of the future relationship and possibilities of what they could do together was lost. Now, look, this can sound a little heavy today, but looking right in the day to day realities, like I said before, um, this is just some practicals, guys. This is some things that we're going to face. And these are important practicals in how to walk in love. Because if we seek to walk in unity, then when conflict, not if it occurs, but when it occurs, one way to walk in love is to seek healing. Colossians 3, 13 through 15 says this, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful now, do we walk in peace every single day? No. But that's why God said, make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive. Doing this, working it together, seeking healing, this is how you walk as members of one body. So since we've been looking at our relationship dynamics through kind of sort of a medical lens, right, through the way of you know, body injury, we can also look with similar parallels to some of the practical ways that we can seek healing to strains. Now, for some of you who've had, you know, either going through physical therapy from the injuries that some of you raised your hands for, some of you may be familiar with some of these acronyms and these methods. Um, there's different variations of them. Some of you may know them by certain things. But overall, these principles function in our natural body, and I believe they have things to show us in the spiritual, okay? Now, to promote healing, remember the acronym PRICE and NO HAM. PRICE and NO HAM. Now, if you love ham, I'm sorry, it's okay. It's all right. You can still love ham, but this particular one we're going to talk about in just a second, okay? So these first things, price and no ham. Let's look at the first thing, to promote healing. The P and the R, what do they stand for? They stand for protect and they stand for rest. Those stages of healing talk about taking the time to allow the damage to finish, all right? So when we talk about ham, it's H-A-M. We are to avoid heat, alcohol, and massage, Okay? Now, the thing about those is 
You are told generally to avoid those things within the first three days of damage because why? These things stimulate blood flow and the damage is not ready for the blood to begin flowing yet. Think about that. Now let's take a look at that really quick in our natural lives, okay? Heat, alcohol, massage, what can those things be? Heat, right? Well, look, man, I want to just, man, I, I want to I put something on it, man. I want to I turn the heat up in this, man. I'm, I'm not really excited that this happened, and I just want to get down in the trenches. Man, we had this conversation about an hour ago. I'm still fuming about it. We about to turn this heat up, Joe, and we're going to get this done, right? That's how we can go sometimes. Other times, if you know, not in, in the natural alcohol, but if we look at it, what is the purpose of that? Many times we drink alcohol, what? To numb, to forget, to numb the pain. And I cannot believe this just happened. Uh, you know what, man? I need, to, I need to go seek something. I need to seek some solace in something. I need to do something. I need to make myself forget. Or massage, going back to the heat. It's like, no, man, we got to put our hands to this. We got to work this joke out, man. We, we can't let this happen. But there are times, guys, where when it happens, when the event happens, we need to take the time to allow the damage to finish. This is where we pull back, where we pull back, and we don't try to just wade into it, where we go and we get with God, and we ask God, okay, not cool what just happened. Let's talk. Okay. How many of you have ever heard the phrase before when you've been, and maybe you've been in conflict, maybe you've said this, or you've heard it said before, I'm not ready to talk about it right now. Anybody ever heard that before? It can sound irritating, but sometimes that's exactly what needs to happen. Look, man, I am not ready to talk about this right now. I didn't say this in first service, but there's a verse of scripture some of you may be thinking about, and I did as well preparing this message, and it says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Anybody are familiar with that one? Now, one thing we can say there is, clearly, God does not want us going to bed in a relationship or in a marriage or whatever, with anger in our hearts towards someone else. Sometimes, sometimes what needs to happen is there needs to be a moment and go, hey, listen, um, it's not time to talk about this right now, but I want to let you know I love you and I'm committed to working on this, but we need to put some space right now in between this and figure this out. Does that make sense to anybody? Okay? You're not always going to be able, you know, husbands, wives, just be honest, okay? I don't have 50 years under my belt, but hey, in, in God's grace, I just finished 14. I don't know everything, but I've learned a couple of things. And, and one of those is you're not always going to be able to fix the problem before you go to bed. But you can go to bed going, I'm still committed to this. I love you. We will work through this. And let that anger subside. There's still something that needs to be worked through. But it's the anger part of it. It's that, it's that part, right? And that's where you hear, where you take the time to allow that damage to finish. Pull back. Let there create some space, right? Look, God's character is one of reconciliation. That's what we're ministers of. We're ministers of reconciliation, but it's also God's character is one of patience. Here's some scripture verses to talk to that really quick. Proverbs 15, 18. A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. James 1, 19. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. And then Genesis 27, 42 through 44, here's a very practical example. How many of you guys know the story of Jacob and Esau? 
Raise your hands. Okay, for those of you that don't, back in the Old Testament, Jacob and Esau were brothers. Esau was the oldest. He was supposed to get the blessing when his father passed away, the blessing that went to the firstborn. Jacob deceived his father because his father was blind. And then he deceived his father into thinking that he was his oldest brother. His father gave the blessing to Jacob and not to Esau. And in those days, once that blessing was conveyed, it was done. It wasn't like, oh, sorry, Mulligan, we're going to take that back. Uh, Get out of here, bro. Esau, where you at? That didn't happen. It had been given and it was done. And Esau was furious and he was seeking to kill his brother. That's where this comes from. Rebecca heard about Esau's plan, so she sent for Jacob and told him, listen, Esau's consoling himself by plotting to kill you. So listen carefully, my son. Get ready and flee to my brother Laban in Haran. Stay there with him until your brother cools off. When he calms down and forgets what you've done to him, I will send for you to come back. Why should I lose both of you in one day? And if you continue to read on in Genesis, time was given God did a work in Jacob's life, and God did restore that relationship, okay? So there are times where we need to pull back, go to God and say, God, I need to calm down. I need to let the situation calm down, and I need to get your perspective on it, right? So the next two, PR, we've covered that, protect, rest. The next is ice and compress, right? Now, what is happening here in the natural? Ice and compress, what does that do? What do ice and compression do? They keep things down, right? That's continuing in that process of letting God bring it down. Okay, why? Because we want to avoid letting a swell from an injury and in a relationship, we want to avoid letting it get out of control in our minds because there is time to put space, but then there's a time to do something about it because if you let it go too long, it can become something else in your mind and your own perspective can take over and control. God wants us to trust him with the issues and to not let things become blown out of proportion in our minds, which happens many times, what? Out of anger or happen out of fear, all right? First Peter 5, 7 says this, give all of your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 say, do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Amen? Amen? All right. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And then the very last one on price is E, which is elevate, which means put the damage above your heart. Okay? The best would be like if you have an injury to your knee or to your ankle or something, a lot of times what they suggest is you sit and you get that leg elevated above your heart. Why? Because it continues to do what the rest and the icing and the compression and that does. It draws the blood away from that injury and it promotes the lack of swelling. Okay? So what does that speak to us here? To trust God with our circumstances and to walk in his love and his character, we have to make sure that we're not allowing our emotions, right, get it above our heart. Can I get an amen? We're not allowing our emotions, our perspectives on things to be our primary view. We have to look up. We have to elevate. Jeremiah 17, 9, 10 says, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. So guys, as we're coming in for a landing today, I want to remind us of something, okay? Like PQ said last week, we will have times. We will. It's not a matter of If it's a matter of when, we will have times where there is conflict, all right? An injury can happen, but we need to remember just as God designed our bodies to heal, he did, okay? 
these beautiful, wonderful things that God has created us to walk around this earth in. God designed our bodies to heal, okay? Just as he did that in the natural, it's God's heart in the supernatural for the body of Christ to mend and restore relationships when they sustain injury. Now, in order to ensure that that healing happens, we have to make sure that we are walking in the Father's love and that our hearts are desiring to see his healing and his unity among us. Let me say this. Healing takes time. When stuff happens, I know we can want to get impatient and be like, man, I ain't nobody got time for this. I got stuff to do. But when stuff happens, we have to go, okay, I have to take the requisite time for this healing to be done right. Amen? Paul told Philemon, you may have lost Onesimus for a little while, but I'm sending him back to you now. What he was doing, what God was doing in that time, he was preparing hearts, he was preparing lives to be in the best possible place to walk in his love, to walk in his forgiveness, and to walk in his healing so that that relationship wouldn't just be mended, but the healing process from God would make it even stronger. Onesimus was going back to Philemon, not just as a servant, but as a fellow brother in Christ. You know, look at it this way. In the 2 Timothy passage where we talked about Demas before, right? When it says, Demas has deserted me. Later on in verse 11, right after he says, only Luke is left with me, he references Mark. He references Mark, guys. This is what he says. He says, get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. Look at that, guys. Rewind it in Acts where it literally created a rift between him and Barnabas. I don't want nothing to do with that kid. I don't want anything to do with him. No, man, you talk about, man, what do you think we're going to bring that kid along? You must be joking. Don't you know what happened? You guys think Paul was perfect? No. Paul had hang-ups and stuff just like we do, okay? That doesn't mean Paul did everything right. He did his best just like we should be doing, okay? Goes from, I want nothing to do with that kid, and if you think he's going to be coming along, you're crazy, all of a sudden, years later, to man, get Mark for me. Please, please bring Mark. He is incredibly useful to me. He is valuable to me. Do we believe that God did that? That God's hand was in that? What does that show us? He went from being someone who Paul didn't even want anything to do with to now being incredibly valued to him. There had been a break in their relationship, but God restored it beyond just Mark being a helping hand, but he became an incredibly valued part of Paul's life and his ministry. Listen, guys, it's the enemy who wants to weaken our connective relationships. God wants us whole. Amen? But just as he gave us the choice to walk with him, he also gives us the choice to walk in his character, to walk in his love and in his healing and in his unity with the relationships we have or not. Hear this. The measure that we use to walk in his healing process and trust him for the little while that it can take to mend our relationships determines their strength going forward. Now look, we don't know what was the outcome of Onesimus and Philemon? But what we do know is that he was literally carrying the words of healing, as Paul said, a heart that was desiring to walk in God's heart. 
Remember Paul said, I'm sending him with you. I'm sending my very heart. And Paul was literally sending the heart of reconciliation between brothers because I know it can be accomplished when we walk together. And if we carry that same heart, we can make it through the little whiles, the times where we have to work through resolving our differences so we can continue to walk in his love and his unity together. Amen? Let's stand and pray for you guys this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, we recognize that it's a lamp unto our feet, God. We, we know that it's a light into our path. And God, just as your word says that we would hide it in our hearts that we might not sin against you, Lord, we also recognize that as your word lights the way, Lord, it shows us, it gives us wisdom. It shows us, God, how to live, how to walk in this life from day to day. It's not just a uh, book full of, um, even though it is full of amazing images and amazing accounts of you doing amazing things, it is also full of your wisdom so that when we say, God, I don't know how to handle this situation, your word speaks it to us, God. And I thank you for speaking to us today. God, if there's anyone inside this room, God, that is dealing with a broken relationship, Lord, or a strained relationship, Lord, whether it's something that's happened to them or, Lord, maybe they're the one that has caused it, God, I ask that you would move upon our hearts today. Lord, it is your desire for us to be whole, not, Lord, broken, not in separation, not in division, but in wholeness and completeness with you, not only in our lives, but in the lives of those that you have called us to walk and to live and to labor and to serve with God that is your kingdom that is your heart and so God I pray today that as we go out that you continue to stir that unity among us let your Holy Spirit speak to us and show us ways God if there's something that needs to be done Lord how can we put that compression Lord how can we be Lord like a Paul was recognizing look I've got two brothers in here in the Lord God if there's somewhere Lord that you want us to help God if it's our lives or others Lord where you bring in Lord you bring in that wisdom and you show the way this is how I want to bring the healing this is how it's going to happen and Lord that we would walk in that way and that we would see the healing that you desire to bring and the unity and the love that you desire to bring go with us this day we trust you we love you and we thank you for your word again and it's in jesus name we pray and everyone said amen and amen thank you for joining us today be sure to follow us on facebook and instagram for encouragement in your walk with god and to receive updates on events happening at the anchor have a great week and god bless